0: I'm Lizzie. I'm Nat. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers by youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young people in spaces outside of school and home.
1: And today we're talking about adultism. Um, I should say today we are starting the conversation about adultism Mm. because it is such a large and ever-evolving... Um, I think, facet of doing youth work. Um, But before we dive into that, let's start, as we always do, with our check-in. We'll do names and pronouns, as, again, we always do. Um, And also name one thing you've heard adults say to youth that they would never say to another adult. Mm. Um, Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'm going to go first, I'm gonna go first oh. so that you don't st- It took me a long time to Great. think of my response. Oh, wow. You thought of it in
0: advance. Yeah.
1: And I don't, <laughs> if you take mine, I don't want to scramble for another one. Great. Um, so hi, I'm Nat. My pronouns are they, them. And I think one of my go-tos here, but only because it really like burns my innards to hear, um, is like when an adult tells a young person like oh just wait until you're paying bills or like that implication of like just wait until you're on your own and you have real problems that really seems to diminish the very real problems that young folks engage in and face and have to um navigate every day um yeah, makes it seem like well, you don't really have problems until you're an adult and you're on your own and you're paying bills and you mm. have rent and you know, have a car note and all of these things. Um, as if like financial responsibilities are the only are the only problems that qualify as real.
0: I feel like you should just say it one time in character. Like as if you were saying it in real life.
1: Oh, um Oh, you think that's bad? Wait until you've got rent to pay. Right? Mm. Something like that. Yes.
0: <laughs> Great. Thank you for that dramatic reenactment. Sure. Um, I'm Lizzie. My pronouns are she and her. Um, one thing that I hear adults say to young people regularly that they would never say to other adults is, um, is similarly, I, g- I guess it's similar in terms of the implied perspective that adults prob- that young people's problems don't matter or aren't real. Um, but I think what drives me bananas is when adults say to young people that um, they should stop worrying about their friends so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which I think is just like really rude. Like I cannot imagine an adult telling another adult, particularly one that they don't know very well because I observe that this happens particularly. Like when it's like teachers or bosses or somebody who's kind of like in an authority accountability position, basically when a young person says, oh, I didn't do something because my friend is really struggling and I needed to support them. And then the adult says, oh, well, you shouldn't care about your friend so much, which like really diminishes the like relationships Mm -hmm. that young people have with Mm -hmm. each other. Um, But like we don't actually want the opposite of that, which is like young people not caring about each other. Um, and that really bothers me. Yeah. So,
1: or I think even of like school counselors, right. Which I don't, I know that school and I know that sometimes the word counselors in the context of school have different meanings, but like when I was in high school, right. Our school counselor was mostly there just to like coach us on the college application process. Like and an I mean, academic maybe, counselor. Right. And I met with her maybe like a couple times. And so it like twice, maybe, um, And right, if she had said something like that to me, I would be like, You don't know me, you don't know my relationship. Right, so
0: Right. And that's not to be like shady on school counselors. No, no, no. School counselors are spectacular. And also Um, so one time in character, you really need to focus on yourself and stop worrying so much about about these friends that you have because you know like they're here now, but they might not be there in future. So like you're always gonna have you to lean on. That's the vision.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and now that we've arrived in our space and done some checking in, we want to take a brief moment to acknowledge our absence last week. Um, In the spirit of our last episode on work-life balance, we were needing to shift the scales of balance slightly um, and use a little bit of time to focus on life. And thus, we're not able to do um, the work of creating this podcast. So we appreciate you being flexible with us um, with that unplanned absence. Um, And so with that, we're going to go ahead and move right into our story of the day that Nat is going to share with us on our topic of adultism.
1: Yes. Yes, I am. Um, which also feels a little bit weird because I'm going to tell a story that you were also present for. So. I can add color and detail. Great. Which you do in all spaces. <laughs> color and detail. The Lizzie Appleby story. Um, <laughs> So yeah so we as you well know but not you gentle listeners at home um we were invited to kind of co-present a workshop on adultism for a at a school um for a working group of adults who work in school systems so this wasn't just educators um the working group was uh with a particular focus on supporting lgbtq students within the school community and so included teachers but also classroom support staff i would say counselors social workers maybe um but but uh, all of that is to say folks that go beyond just um educators and because Right. Like each of us having respective um, experience with this working group before was like, great, we know that they're well resourced, we know that they know their stuff. And so kind of came in with this set presentation and um, goals of of facilitating this conversation around adultism, um, kind of expecting them to be at one place and very quickly through our check in learned that folks weren't even really necessarily Um, hadn't even been introduced to the term of adultism and so lots of well I don't even I've never even heard this word before so I'm really excited to see what I'm going to learn from this space um, which very quickly kind of shifted our focus there Um, which I do right like and I think part of the surprise I can speak for myself is that I think we traverse really specific youth work fields where conversations around adultism happen kind of frequently. Um, and so it it is hard sometimes when one exists in a bubble to realize that not yeah. everyone also occupies that same brain space as, as others in your bubble. And so um, just thinking like, right? Like I think I was first introduced to the term of adultism. I mean, several years ago, even before I was in the professional um, role that I am in now. And so it is something that has been kind of bumping around in my brain for, I would say like four or five years. Um, But even at the time, not not recognizing that even at the time that was kind of like cutting edge. Right. Mm. Um, Yeah. So.
0: And so maybe just to sort of like Start us all off on the same page, um, recognizing that perhaps maybe adultism is a word that other people have not heard yeah. before too. Because I think that was a similar experience to the one that I had. Um, the and it was interesting too because actually at that time, just to add something else to that story, we had um, I had an undergraduate level intern who shadowed that training um with me and it was interesting because she was also very surprised that none of them had ever heard that term which Mm -hmm. I think is because she was presently in school um and so and I think as a student right or like as a undergraduate student leader in several organizations like they also talk about the term adultism in a way that maybe those folks who haven't necessarily been in like a youth worky field might might not know right or Or also the way that adultism is not a commonly used term in often in like mental health spaces that I Mm. occupy too. Um, So thinking about, right, like it wasn't particularly common in this like very formal educational space. I don't think it's very common in sort of like a formalized mental health space. Mm -hmm. Um, It does seem to be sort of a concept and an idea that's much more common in like organizing spaces or like sort of like youth development spaces or like social that justice. social justice, like yeah. whatever, like those kinds of those kinds of spaces. But I think you and I recognize kind of, it has this wide application to so many youth facing fields yeah. um, and feels like a really important concept to be talking about, but yet it's just like not. Um, and so, so anyway, so the definition of adultism that we have used, the one that we use in this workshop, I suspect um either came from Chicago Freedom School, and I'm pretty sure that's where yes. I borrowed it from. Um, and um, I might have heard it out in the organization, but I think they got it from Chicago Freedom School too. Um, but the definition that we use is that adultism is the systematic privileging of adult vo- voices values, behaviors, and perspectives over those of young people. So again, kind of the systematic privileging of adult voices, values, behaviors, and perspectives over those of young people.
1: Yeah, which I think is when, and I think even before introduced to the official definition, right, I think I had this innate understanding of what adultism looks like. Right. In terms of, again, devaluing youth experiences or youth voice or not thinking of intentional ways to um, to involve young folks that aren't tokenizing right Mm -hmm. or like acting as just like checking off a box right like we developed this plan we're going to take it to some young people to purview and give us their stamp of approval versus what does it look like to involve young people in like the development process um but i think and i think i where how i landed there through you just sharing the definition of like even being in learning spaces with folks who are explicitly doing learning around like young folks and youth development and things like that maybe never hearing this official definition or term of adultism but recognizing the practice of that of um not re- like not meeting young folks where they're at or really hearing what they're saying or um I don't know like opposing your own agenda <laughs> to use like behaviors and spaces
0: right well I also think like it's important to acknowledge even in just what you shared that there are like a lot of different ways of being anti-adultist in our work with young people and I think that like I think because you were sort of sharing the idea of like, oh, we'll come up with a plan and then share it with young people for their stamp of approval can be a very adultist process depending on what you're doing, mm-hmm. like depending on what the work is that mm-hmm. you are doing. It can also be a very anti-adultist pro- practice depending if the process is one that young people should not be involved in, like if they right. we are not able to develop, like if we're not able to prepare them, if they're not right. developmentally ready, right. if they don't have the experience to understand the process, right. like all of those pieces. Then then providing something that is pre-presented to a group of young people can actually be a way to be anti-adultist rather than just like deciding something without even sharing it with them at all. Right. That all of these behaviors exist on a spectrum. It's not that like, oh, well, this person over here, like they're adultist and like they suck. Like, that's not right. I don't think that's not the frame I think that either one of us hold particularly Um, but I think people can get very defensive when we start introducing this concept around, well, if we're trying to be anti-adultist, does that mean that we're anti-adult? Um, and I think that is a really, a really important issue that people bring up and something that we talk about a lot.
1: Well, and I think it's, similar to a lot of conversations that happen whenever you introduce any new framework for looking at privilege and like power right in in like relational dynamics right like when introduced to right like anti-racist behaviors right as particularly in talking about white supremacy white folks might get really defensive about like well that's not me right and so i've seen adults sometimes in in spaces be like well but but our systems aren't desi- designed to, to have young folks at the center of that. like adults needs to make decisions or adults needs to run the space. Otherwise chaos will ensue. And I think oftentimes the misconce- misperception, which I think we talked about in that training as well, is that like to be anti-adultist is not to be like adult hands-off, right? right. It is to think about ways that you create partnership in meaningful and intentional ways with young folks, but also you're not going to give a young person a task that you have not scaffold them up in order to achieve. Cause that is setting them up right. for, that is not setting them up for success.
0: Right. right. Well, and I think maybe it would be helpful to think through maybe like an example, I think project-based learning, like lends itself very well Mm. to this concept. Um, like any kind of project-based learning with young people, um, I think lends itself really well to this concept of, of what it means to be anti-adultist, not adult hands-off. Um, because I think, so like, for example, a previous youth program that I worked in and kind of oversaw and managed was focused on service learning with young people around community health. Mm -hmm. And as a part of that project, um, it was like an eight-week summer program. And our young people worked with mentors on identifying a health issue that they're passionate about, choosing a, it was like neighborhood-based, so choosing a project to complete in the community using community relationships um, within this eight-week timeframe that would address, address the health issue that they selected, right? So there are ways to do that that would be very adultist. There are ways to do that that could be anti-adultist. And I think there are ways to do that that could be almost all the way to the other extreme, which would be like adult hands-off, which mm-hmm. is in its own way kind of adultist in terms of not being supportive. So like, right, right, because I think that's sort of like the way to think about that. And so to me, like a super adultist framing of that program would be to decide for young people, well, I know you're from this community, but here's the health issue that we really need you to focus on. And here's Mm. what you need to know about it. And, um, and even if you kind of like let them pick the project, then you would be deciding like what the parameters of that project were. Okay. So you want to do a health fair? Well, here's what a health fair looks like. And here are the five people you need to contact. And here is, you know, whatever. Right. So you're really like making all the decisions about the what and about the how. So like, not just like what are we doing but how are we doing it and all of those pieces. I think like adult hands off way of running that program would be like go figure it out and i expect you to have a project done in 8 weeks.
1: But i'm here in my office like if you want any help with it, right? right. And you're just like not even in the room.
0: Right. right? Um which
1: i think is a spectrum too. I'm sorry. Go ahead, no go ahead. It's just like also a spectrum that i often use when like working with like, GSA advisors or adults who support GSA's formerly known as Gay-Straight Alliances, increasingly known as Genders and Sexualities Alliances, right, which are, like, usually school-based groups supporting LGBTQ students. it's too like that spectrum of like you can have a fully adult run, like they are determining the agenda, they are just facilitating, which when I think of like middle school GSAs, when young folks are at a different developmental level uh, than they are at high school, need a little bit more structure, right? So it might require the advisor or sponsor in that space to be a timekeeper or to introduce activities while the young folks generate the content, but the in the hope being that like as you get higher like as as young folks develop more independent skills right they're able to do more like meeting facilitation agenda building determine the focus of projects um sorry about my watch beeping everyone um and the other end of the spectrum is like the person who just shows up to unlock the door and then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be in the corner grading papers, like y'all just go, right? And then it's just like, there's no input whatsoever, or like you said, support to to help build skills, to help make sure that the dreams and schemes happening in that space aren't beyond the actual like purview or ability or capacity of the space that they are going to happen in, et cetera.
0: Right. Well, and I think like, so if we think about those as kind of being like what anti-adultism is not, um, right. I think that sort of shifts the conversation a little bit to be, to, to say like, what does it mean to run something in an anti-adultist way? And I think you've sort of hinted at that, right. Which is providing some kind of structure and supports, but I think it's important for people to recognize like, not only is anti-adultist work not adult hands-off, it's arguably like way more intensive. Um, it takes a lot of time and energy because it requires a lot of conversation and a lot of processing around and like repeating information over and over again and like being really ho- holding people accountable. There's a lot of right. accountability work um, in anti-adultist conversations because it's so much about being clear about boundaries and limitations. I think the other place, so you've kind of spoken to the idea of running a group in an anti-adultist way. I think my example in terms of like a GSA example, mm-hmm. my example was more around like project-based learning in an right. anti-adultist way. I also think it's helpful to think about um you know, as we've talked about here in terms of like creating group agreements and closers and things like that, like rule setting is also something that can be mm-hmm. done in an anti-adultist way, yeah. like container creating. Yeah. Um,
1: because then you also create that buy-in and systems of accountability, Correct. right? Like, right. so, like if we all created these group guidelines, then y'all are going to hold one another accountable to that too. So it's not just me as the adult doing that,
0: right? And I think, like, so I guess I don't know. So I guess what I'm thinking is, like, how can we sort of think through what does anti-adultist practice actually look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that I think of is um the idea of sort of like information consequences choice, right? Like that that's the part sort of like providing young mm. people all the information that they need, right? So here is the time frame that you have, here is what our budget looks like, here is, you know, in a vague sense, it doesn't have to they don't have to budget out to a right. dollar. And right. like right. young people, some young people get young, your line
1: items like, right.
0: Some young people get really into that yeah. and I'm like, oh my sure. God, just like I'm not so worried about whether they sell packs of four paintbrushes or six. Like, let's just right let it go. Right. Um, I'm
1: just asking that you don't buy the twenty dollars paintbrushes. Right.
0: Like, <laughs> it's cool, but like some sense, I think of like budget and scale. Some sense of sort of like the, um, you know, the time frame that we're talking about. What kind of adult supports they're going to have? Right. Some of those pieces. Like, here's all the information. And then let's say that they're deciding between option A, which you feel like, ooh, like that's a really cool and creative idea. I'm not 100% sure that we have enough time to get the PR out about that event to get enough people there to Mm -hmm. make it as cool as you want it to be. But we can try it anyway. That's just what I suspect based on what we've done before and what my experience says. Or we can do this other creative but slightly smaller scale situation, which I know we'll be able to accomplish. Which one would you like to do? Mm -hmm. Right. But it requires me being super clear. Here is what I can do to support your PR, and here is what I can't do. So if you're expecting me to then take on the PR to get the 300 people at this event that you want to be there, (laughs) let it go because I'm not doing it. Right. Um, Which can be really hard, right? To like tell young people, hey, I know you really want this event to succeed, and I want your event to succeed too, but I'm like, I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for this event.
1: No, yeah, it's super hard <laughs> to have to, like, especially, like, be the no person to any, again, like, dreams and schemes that that brilliant young folks are coming up with, right? Lizzie,
0: dream crusher, Applebee. Oh,
1: my goodness, yeah. <laughs> um, I think once, and especially as all of our gentle listeners have now experienced almost on a weekly basis, right? Like, especially with all of my air, and, like, I am... I feel like I am horrible at coming up with responses on the fly, right? Because I just need to think things through. So one tool that has become super helpful to me in that vein is the, you know, I need some time to think about that. Can I get back to you by Tuesday, Friday, Monday, right? Like, um... I, I need I need time to think th- or to let like sometimes just like marinate in the back of the brain. I'll spend time actively thinking about it. Yes, but sometimes a solution just comes when we just like walk away from something very quickly. And sometimes in that time frame, when I'm thinking about possible solutions, they come up with an alternative solution. is like, well, actually let's let's make this compromise here. And this also would achieve our goals and do it in a much more um, time efficient cost effective like whatever like way
0: well also like just I think to name too that I think like being able to say like I need time to think about that let me get back to you is also like pretty strong modeling for young people Mm -hmm. I think especially like I know that many of young people Mm -hmm. I work with especially my blessed overachievers Mm -hmm. um I see you, I feel you, I'm one of you that like, right. Who have a tendency to take on too much anyway, that like modeling that you don't have to give a yes or no answer right away often is a great way to show them that like, Hey, I'd actually rather you think about the commitment before you make the commitment because it's really annoying. Like right. When somebody says they'll do something and then as it turns out, doesn't really have the capacity to do it. And I would have rather they just said no in the first place. Right. Um, Or taking the time to think about it to like really figure that, Like really figure out whether or not they could say yes or no. So I think that's really important.
1: Well, and I think one way that we do that, which feels like a blending of both your information consequences, decision, but also like, you know, think through this, right? That we that I have been trying to implement more and more, right? Like this idea of providing all of the information. And I guess in this case, it's less about consequences but right like part of meeting young people where they are and acknowledging their the self-determination that they hold in decision making is about painting as clear of a picture as possible for what they are going to engage in right and so when i think about this camp we organize right i think what we're in the second second year of incorporating applications Part of that came out of this, right? Like we used to provide an FAQ for campers of like, this is what you can expect at camp. And... It is one thing to provide an FAQ after someone has already signed up for camp. It is another to say, you need to read all of this information before we even allow you to apply (laughs) to come to camp, right? And that like, this is what that looks like. This is what sleeping arrangements looks like. This is what dining looks like. This is, you know, when we say it's camp, we mean that like, it is August and it is hot and it is outdoors and there are bugs and like, toads and you know sometimes seen a
0: toad at camp
1: i haven't but i've heard screaming about them um (laughs) but um also you know not all spaces will have climate control and what does that that mean for that right and then the added step of cool are you a first-time camper? Because you are also going to get a phone call from one of our right, like staff members to, again, talk through all of these pieces because we just want to make sure that it's the right fit for everyone. And now, having seen how successful that is, I'm like, great. Now let's take this to my youth leadership program too, right? So we're mm-hmm. on the brink of rolling out applications for that. And as part of that, I have tried to compute as best as possible what is the actual time commitment to be a youth leader in this program because i think right similar or it feels kind of aligned with what you just said the people who are drawn to youth leadership programs like this are oftentimes the overachievers the ones who are also taking like four ap classes and involved in like they're in student government and they're in this and it's like well and if you also work on top of that are you actually going to have the time to commit to this right. volunteer endeavor? Right.
0: Right. Well, and I think like, there's a part of me that wants to, wants to push back almost on your reframing of consequences, because I do, I do think that's actually about consequences, right? Like mm. if you choose to go to camp, the consequences of being at camp are that you're going to be outside and there might be toads. Apparently never seen a toad, <laughs> never even heard the screaming about the toads, but I believe there are toads there might be toads and there's, Bugs and like it's hot right. and whatever like that is the consequences of making that choice. They're not necessarily good, bad, right, wrong, but I think right. like I think consequences has a negative connotation. And I it's not that I miss that, but I also think that like again, like to to truly hold young people accountable in a accountable to the choices they make, right, is to take seriously the choices that they make, right. right. So is to believe in their right. capacity to make good choices if provided the information and the supports. A, like, to do that, then we believe that you're going to make the choice that's best for your creative vision or best for your summer experience or best for, like, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. And I think, like, again, that accountability piece and sort of, like, centering centering the accountability and anti-adultist work, I think, is so important. Um, and also, like, thinking about camp, like, circles back to, you know, as a person who has held a lot of the like organizing around mental health supports for campers at Mm -hmm. camp. Um, We also have really supported providing campers that information from the get-go and then circling back with campers who have struggled at camp, right. Right. For whatever set of reasons and being like, Hey, here's what I noticed. Here's what I'm wondering about. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Um, And just being able to sort of like, use that as a jumping off point for a conversation, right? In a supportive conversation, not a like, you messed up camp last year, like the consequences of messing up camp or mm-hmm. that you might not have to come back. Like that's not the approach, right? right. That is an adultist approach. Right. The approach would be, hey, I hear that you really want to be here and I I want you to be here, but I don't want you to be here if it's not the right fit for you. And right. so here's what I observe that makes me wonder if it's the right fit for you. How How are things different for you? How can you like... Tell me more about how things have changed. And I think like recognizing that that too is a part of of anti-adultist accountability, right? Kind accountability, very kind, right. but like and but also deeply respectful, right, of young people and their their capacity to to choose
1: well and to grow right because i imagine like part of those conversations are also like what what coping tools have or co- like mechanisms or you know what what tools do you have in your tool bag now that you're bringing with you to camp that might not have been there before and then you're also acknowledging them that they also put in the work and they right. right are are making sure that they're doing everything possible to yeah to to make sure that i don't know to show up as, the, you know, like totally. in their, in their, as their best selves in the spaces. Cause we know that that's what young folks want to do. Right? <laughs> that's what all people want to do. Right. They want to show up as their, their best selves.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's like, and actually I'm glad you said that kind of in this moment, because I think one of the other places where I see, and this is just because of my other work like doing a lot of sex education and Mm. teaching about sexuality and healthy relationships and things like that um there's often a lot of dismissal right of youth relationships right like oh Mm. it's just puppy love like Mm. you are just like a young person and you're horny all the time and but like whatever right um but I think it's so important right so then we we like punish young people right for like expressing their like, feelings for other young people, right? In the context of, like, sexual relationships or, like, wanting to spend lots of time with their, like, person or, like, whatever. Like, grown people do that, too, for starters. Right, right, Too, like... (laughs) um, Too, I think it's important to remember, right, that, like, young people want to show up as their best selves for the most part, right? That we trust them, that if they're choosing to engage in something that they want to be there. Um, And so yes, like it is hard to keep your focus goggles on when you are like all in your feels about a new person. Like that is really hard for everybody. And so like, I think, right. So then we don't come at that conversation from a, like, why don't you care about blah, 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 blah. Like whatever. Why are you only caring about this other person? And it's like, no, like, Hey, like I know how exciting and awesome this must be for you. And like, because you're really focused on that right now, you're not really present for these conversations and the group really needs you to be present. Like, is this something you're still interested in or is this maybe not what your priorities are right now? And that's not a judgment. That's just like, sometimes our priorities change. Right. Right. And like trusting young people, if given the space to talk about it and if given the space to like process what's going on, can can make whatever choice is right for them, whether that's to like spend all the time with their new boo, or if that's like to re-engage in programming, or if it's like to say, I really want to be involved, but maybe not in this leadership role anymore. Like maybe that's not where my interest mm-hmm. is right now. But giving people the opportunity to like gracefully step down or gracefully mm-hmm. shift their priorities or realign with their own values is is kind um and respectful
1: well as is normalizing that process right right? like this is not just because you're a young person like this is which i think also right to go back to something that youth workers can do is also like modeling that and being transparent about like Hey, yeah, y'all like at the beginning of the year, like this is what we were working on. And it's because like this was kind of like the priorities that we had set as a group, you know, like, or or talking about right, even ourselves when our own priorities shift or whatnot. Right. Like the more transparent we are in a in an in an appropriately bounded way, of right. course, right? right? Like, um, by by doing that, we are also modeling that this this isn't just about like you as an individual or you at a developmental stage that you're at. Like this is something right. that you will you will be working on and through right. for the rest of your life. Congratulations and welcome. <laughs> right.
0: Totally. Totally. Well and I think, you know, at this point we certainly haven't closed a conversation um, around adultism, <laughs> but we can put a pin in it, right? And return to this conversation um, at a later time. So I want to just invite some reflection. I think this is a topic that we talk about a lot. Um, but invite some reflection on maybe something that you're taking away or that's resonating for you, like a reminder, maybe, um, that you're taking away from this conversation
1: Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it is about, holding kindness and in while upholding boundaries right Mm -hmm. or being like real right about the consequences of right like timelines are made available for a reason as i am often like a softy marshmallow and so even when i set like a deadline for something i will try as much as possible to be like if folks haven't met that timeline be like how do we accommodate how do we still make sure that we can make this happen and sometimes you just can't sometimes a program needs to go to print sometimes (laughs) right like things needs to happen that is bigger than just like a handful of individuals and and so that is that is a takeaway that i am taking Mm. a very timely takeaway that Mm. i'm taking with me currently
0: um I think the thing that I am taking away from this conversation is is I think the reminder the reminder to be I think actually the flip side of what you're saying to be clear with myself around my own capacity Mm -hmm. um which allows me to be clearer with others so Mm -hmm. right when wanting to say yes to things that I, yeah, it would be a great idea if, right? But then recognizing that when I do that, then I'm not able to show up um, and that that impacts young people, right? So mm-hmm. I give people deadlines or families a deadline that's not actually realistic, um, but then I expect them to be flexible about it. Like that is privileging my own experience over theirs, right? Like if they have done something to make it work in that deadline, then I need to hold up my end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And so by setting myself up to not do that, I am being disrespectful of young people and their time. And I think, um, so I don't know, just like a reminder. And I think the reminder of being able to not have to know that in the moment too. Like, mm. let me get back to you. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a great question. I need to check my schedule. I will get back to you by right. Friday or whatever right. um, as a tool. <sighs> so hard. In the in the <laughs> spirit of that goal.
1: All right. So that's it for this episode of The Third Space. We hope you'll be back next time for our episode on exit interviews. We'd love to have listener questions, as always, and ideas on future episodes. So please send us your brilliance in a voice memo to info at airandwaterwork.com. Thanks, youth workers. We see you. We appreciate you. Y'all rock.